0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: Thad Brown is going to join me right now. And you know Thad from over in Rochester. You see him on TV and he's at WROC as a sports director. But also on Sundays, I get the pleasure of working with him on Buffalo Kickoff Live, which can be seen on Channel 4 WIVB here in Buffalo as well. What's up, man? How are you doing today? Good, good weather outside. You been golfing?
0: Oh, yeah, I got a tea time on Sunday, and right now I'm kicking back on my deck not a cloud in the sky, talking to you outside, very comfortable, couldn't be any better. Let me tell you, I'm I'm pro football focused, and you're exactly right. You know, I look at them, look, they're they're smart people who work there. You know, this is not just dummies, but they don't know everything either. So, you know, I I say to people all the time, they're, they're another observer. They're another tool, listen to what they say. They're not going to be everything to every, about every topic, but they are smart. They are new what they're doing. They do put the work in, so respect that part of it.
1: Right, and and I say it because as we were getting you on the phone line, whenever we have someone on from PFF, we get criticized, basically. Why would you give them a form? They hate Josh Allen. They're just trolling. And look, I, I think what it comes down to here, Thad, for me is – Josh Allen will never be an analytics darling, and it's really an analytics-driven website. That's just not who he is. So whenever they write about him, a lot of times it's just not going to be favorable. But that doesn't mean that they necessarily hate him. They're just saying, for what we do, here's where he fits. And a lot of times, he's not going to fit in a good spot for Bills fans to feel good about.
0: I don't even know if I'll put Josh Allen in that small box. I, I don't think it's impossible that he could be an analytics darling. I mean, he did improve in a lot of areas last year. I think more of what they're saying is what he's done so far mm-hmm. is not favorable to the analytics community. You know, there are, and there, look, there's a lot of passing numbers with Josh Allen that are below average or significantly below average. There's, there's a lot of things that, that he needs to improve upon. And the way the Bills are building this roster, he doesn't necessarily even have to be an analytics darling for that team to be successful. He needs to make a few plays. He needs to keep drives moving. Maybe you know, come up with a couple fourth-quarter fourth drives when necessary because the rest of that roster is potentially good enough to win 9, 10, 11 games on its own. Then it comes down to can you put three or four games together in the playoffs? And if Nick Foles can do it, absolutely Josh Allen can too.
1: Right. Okay, so he, here's uh, it, this is the way I like to look at it. I think um, even, if, even if it doesn't match up necessarily, what you said is 100% right, and I would say it even this way too is to add the bu- the bills when they drafted him and even now are fully aware of the things Josh Allen does well and doesn't do well. I mean, can you nitpick a few things here or there philosophically play calling? Of course you could. But I don't think I think this is a situation where maybe if Josh Allen is with another organization who does not understand what his skill set and where he lacks is, then he's more He's definitely you know, not as good or on a track as he is now, but I think the Bills are fully aware of that and have done a good job of harnessing that.
0: I think so, too. You know, and I think you know, as much as they've done a nice job, I think, with putting Josh Allen in situations to succeed, and I look more at his rookie year for that, when you know, they realized, you know, Brian Dable said, look, if you see space to run, then run. And I think understanding that that was probably the best way to get him comfortable and confident, you know, breaking into the league as a first-time guy who really wasn't you know, the, the prototypical passer yet. I think that was a, a very good job. But more, to, more importantly, I look at the young quarterbacks who have succeeded lately, and all of them are in superb situations outside the quarterback position. Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen have great rosters, have offenses that fit them, have play callers that understand what they do well. I mean, Andrew Reed in Kansas City understands what everybody does well. But regardless, you know, I think more today, and, and you know, really this, this has been a change for me in the last two years with how I look at young quarterbacks I look at more the coaching and roster situation more than the individual talent to the point where, you know, I think Sam Darnold would be as successful as Josh Allen is in Buffalo. I I think, um, uh, who was it? Sneaky Joe last night had a great take on would Josh Rosen have made the playoffs with the Bills last year? And I don't know if I'll go that far, but the point being that. The situation, I think, means a whole lot more than we've all given it credit for in this last 10 to 15 years era where we say the quarterback is the thing. Yeah, the quarterback is the thing, but I think how the quarterback is supported and how the quarterback is developed is probably more of the thing than just who the quarterback is. And Josh Allen might be the best proof of that. To be honest, I might say Lamar Jackson's better, but you know, both those guys with big questions coming in are now inarguably currently the two most successful quarterbacks of that
1: draft class. Right, and I know people would say Lamar is going to be great wherever he goes. I don't agree with that. I do think that being in Baltimore with a head coach who is very good, with an organization who has obviously been one of the better organizations in a many, many respects for many years, has done a great job of setting him up for success and how they've built that organization around his skill set. And to your point, and I've said the same thing on the air, and I know you grew up watching a lot of New York Jets football. You grew up a Jets fan. Sam Darnold, to me, I am a Sam Darnold fan. But I think if you put Sam Darnold in Buffalo, he's on a really nice track. And if you put Josh Allen in New York with that organization, that coaching staff, and all the turnover, and Adam Gase being who he is, I don't think Josh Allen is nearly on a very good track.
0: 100%. Couldn't agree more. You know, And and, uh, I I think Josh Allen's track, you'd be surprised how bad it would look with the Jets because he was not – I think Sam Darnold was a little better prepared to Mm -hmm. handle that stuff and some of the mess around him. But even so, um, you know – I was a huge fan of Sam Darnold coming out. He was my number one quarterback in that class. I think separate of what the Jets are, I don't think Darnold has lived up to those expectations. I think he's been problematic with his decision-making, and I don't think he's done a nice job of being able to get through Reed. So whether that is the development and how they've been coached, I don't know, or whether it's just him, but I don't think Darnold was as good as everybody thought he was. And I know, know, like you said, you're still a fan. I'm to the point now where I think the best-case scenario for the Jets this year would be three and thirteen. Adam Gase is fired by Halloween. Wow! And they got the number one pick in the draft for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Dad Brown, gonna, the 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 young with, young kid Donald.
1: Jets fan is saying tank for Trevor Lawrence. Not not on purpose. Okay, they they just be they've bad. got a
0: chance this year, <laughs> but I just
1: if you want like you,
0: you think about the long term future of that team. If they're nine and seven with hope and keeping Adam Gase around and continuing to build around Sam Darnold, who I think he's had enough starts already. To kind of show you who he is, you know, I think the long term future of that team is, yeah, they might go 10 and 6 and sneak into the playoffs a couple times, but that's it. You know, whereas, you know, a total reboot with, I like the GM. I think the GM's done a good job. Mm-hmm. With Gase and, and a, or with a different coach and, and a brand new quarterback who could, you know, be elite, I think would be the better play.
1: What do you make of this but Jamal with, Adams stuff?
0: He is the kind of guy that believes he's the best player in the NFL at his position. He might be right. Um, and I think what the Jets have now with their new GM is a guy who is not willing to, to break the bank when it comes to, you know, paying anybody. He is gonna set the line for how much he thinks a player is worth and not go above that. Whether you're Jamal Adams or Sam Darnold or, you know, the fourth offensive the fourth offensive tackle. And I think that might become a problem with Jamal Adams. The other thing that's going on too is the old GM Mike McCagnon didn't seem to, to mind just spending big money on, on big players, it didn't matter position or whatever. Adam Gase was under the the philosophy of, I don't want to spend big money at running back, safety positions that are not high value in the NFL. And Joe Douglas is, we think, on the same wavelength with Gase. So I don't think he wants to spend big money on non-premium positions either. And that's where this is going to be a problem, because as good as Jamal Adams is, and he's going to be worth whatever anybody pays him, mm-hmm. um, safety is just not a position worth paying in the NFL these days.
1: And, and I think, it, it, from what from what I understand, reading Gary Myers' report, basically, is this is not a money issue at this point. It's going to be, but what it is is a timing issue at this point. He wants to be paid now, uh, after his third year, but the Jets are like, why are we going to do that when we essentially have you under control for two more years?
0: And most guys do not get paid that's after right. the third year. I think the number was... 16 of 122 in the last X number of years have been paid after year three. So yeah, that that's a part of it too, but it, it's going to come down to dollars, you know, and, and they just have said publicly they want Jamal Adams to be there for life. And I think they do, but it, you know, it's going to be on a, on a contract that they almost dictate, you know, they're mm-hmm. not going to overpay for, for a safety position when, you know, you should be overpaying at quarterback, tackle, defensive, back, or corner wide receiver, that kind of thing. Safety is not going to be high on their list and, you know, Le'Veon Bell is going to go first and maybe Jamal Adams are after
1: that. Thad Brown here with me on WGR. What about the uh, Dolphins, the moves they made, lots of free agents coming in, they get to a, what kind of jump do you think they can and will make this year?
0: I think in a normal off season, they would have had an opportunity to make a really big jump. I think even contending, you know, for a playoff spot or maybe even for the division title would not have been out of the realm. But, you know, with the offseason we're having, with guys having, you know, limited ability to get used to their new system, to practice with each other, it's going to be hard for the Dolphins with, you know, 75 new players to go from a five-win plucky team to a legit competitive team. And I think they've done a lot of great work on defense. I think that defense is, you know, upper level, top 10, top 12 potentially. But I'm not a huge fan of the offensive line. You know, Eric Flowers doesn't do it for me. I didn't. Austin Jackson was the, the best of the rest offensive tackles and I was not a big fan of him either. So I, I think it'll be rough for them to really make strides offensively. You know, uh, Tua, who knows if he's going to be ready to go, and if he is ready to go, you want to put him behind that offensive line, again, especially in this offseason. So, look, Miami, I like Brian Flores. Um, he knows how to coach, and I think they're going to be dangerous in this division for a long time, but but not this year, not off off offseason like
1: we just have. Now we're looking in New England at Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer. A, do you think that's the case when they basically open up preseason camp, whatever, is that, is that who they go into the season with? And B, what does that look like for them?
0: I don't think so. I still think they get somebody else. Um, whether it's, you know, a Cam Newton or someone else who's a, who's a veteran. I think there were too many signs that Bill Belichick was not interested in going with only those two guys into camp at uh, the indications I talked to, um, uh, one of the reporters at the province covered the Patriots before the draft, and he was convinced. He said 100% they're going to take a quarterback at some point, and that did not happen for you know, who knows why. The Patriots clearly wanted Tom Brady back. So I don't think they're satisfied with Stidham and Hoyer. I think they're still going to be an attempt to, to get a quarterback. And, again, because of the offseason we're in, you know, normally you'd say, well, you're, you're losing days of practice. You're losing weeks of OTAs. Why is this guy not here? You don't have to worry about it now. You're not, what are you losing, meeting time? It's, it's not a big deal. If they sign a guy in early July or – five days before training camp, that guy is not going to come into camp that much behind the rest of the team. So my bet would be, there's still going to be another quarterback coming into new England. I don't know if that will eventually be the case, but look, the Patriots defense is still good. Maybe not great. Maybe not what they were last year, but they're good enough to be a pain in the neck and they still have bill Belichick. So they're going to be a contender for sure.
1: All right, so the guy that's gone out of New England is Tom Brady. And you and I are both watching as this this the last dance, which we can get to in a little while, is raking in the ratings. And obviously there's no there's no games going on right now that's gonna help, but you know, a lot of people are eating this stuff up. So now we hear documentary coming on Tom Brady. What, next year, basically? The guy is still playing. And in Buffalo, I mean, look, we probably feel differently than a lot of other places who may already say, like, I don't want to see it, but even here, we're like, come on, like, we just had enough of this guy. What do you think about this whole thing being made and, and, and being put out there?
0: Could not hate it more. Could could not be less <laughs> interested in this idea. All right, first of all, first of all, when it comes to goats, I don't think, and I don't think I'm going to say this as someone who, you know, lives in an area where Tom Brady has tormented over the years. People like Michael Jordan over Tom Brady. National. I mean, if yep. you said one guy or the other, people are more interested in MJ just in general. Number two, it's too soon. I mean, one of the good things about The Last Dance for people in your generation and mine is that even though we grew up with Jordan, this was a chance to dive back in to remember what it was like, you know, revisit some of the stories from there, maybe learn a few new things. And for the younger generation, it was an introduction to Jordan. You know, they, they didn't really know him like we knew him, and they got a chance to do it through this documentary. Next year, everybody's going to know Tom Brady. There's, there's no going back. There's no learning anything new. People know this story. And then on top of that, even if you want to say, well, there's going to be, you know, unusual or, or brand new inside access. How brand new can it be? Tom Brady just did a Facebook doc last year. That right. was inside access. What are we going to see? Something different? You know, assumably both of these projects are basically approved by Tom Brady. It's going to be the same thing. Going to be the exact same thing. And then, what made the last dance work? Well, there were villains. You know, Jerry Krause was the bad guy. whether do you think? It's fair or not? He was the bad guy. Scotty Pippen at moments was the bad guy. Rhinsdorf, Dennis Rodman, even. Who's the bad guy in this thing? I mean. <laughs> It seems, like, it seems like you know Tom Brady was, uh, when it comes to the New England philosophy, where uh, we've got to do it the hard way and the practices aren't fun, but we always win, didn't seem like Tom Brady liked that any more than anybody else did. And the fact that Gronkowski ran out of retirement the moment Brady went somewhere else tells me that Brady is probably on the player's side when it comes to Belichick versus the players. So you're not going to get players saying bad things about Tom Brady. You're not going to get Bucs players for sure. They're on his team right now. <laughs> so who's the, who's the bad guy going to be? You know what's going to be? It's going to be Bill Belichick. And it, now look, if Bill Belichick was Pete Carroll or if he was Bill Cowher or Jimmy Johnson, some guy who loved to run his mouth, well, then it might be fun. But if the bad guy is just going to be mumbling barely coherent, semi-nasty, angry things about Tom Brady, then what the bleep was the point of watching this thing? <laughs> so to me, I can't have any less interest in Tom Brady. I, I don't care if there's sports or not. There will be something better for me to do next year when this Tom Brady doc comes out. Give me, and you know what? If you want to do an NFL quarterback, Joe Montana, Steve Young would have been interesting. Terry Bradshaw, I thought, would have been fascinating. Maybe Fran Tarkenton losing four Super Bowls. Jim Kelly, whatever. We already done one of those. Regardless, this is just an, an awful idea, and, and uh, I'm, I don't see how it can possibly succeed. I would watch
1: one on Namath.
0: That's another good one, too. Yeah.
1: I think Namath, with everything that he, you know, he was such an icon back in the day, right? I mean, uh, I, I think in everything he went through in the commercials, the gambling, all that kind of stuff, I think that would be pretty fascinating. Now, first of all, I have to tell you, did anybody ever tell you that you sound like Adam Schefter when you're on the phone? No, you sound like literally you're talking and I'm like, am I interviewing Adam Schefter here or Thad Brown? Like you sound like Adam Schefter. It's amazing. It really sounded like that. Um, I'm going to start calling random radio shows, (laughs) making random player transactions. You should do that. So (laughs) what about your interest in what you think is going to happen on the field with Brady and the Bucks now? Totally different than this documentary thing. He goes there. They do have a, a tremendous roster of weapons, obviously, compared to what he had in New England, but let's be honest that I mean, he had a decline in his physical abilities last year from what I saw.
0: It's hard to call because you are right about that, and I think early last year, I was, like, I remember getting ready for the first Bills-Patriots game week four, and you watched Tom Brady and I thought, wow, he he looks pretty young. He looks 27. You know, throwing the ball around, hitting tight windows, all that stuff. And by the end of the year, you could see a difference. I I think the Bills game was kind of the last hurrah for him in Foxborough, and and outside of that, he he just looked Almost average, dare I say. But going into the offseason, I thought he would stay in New England because my take was he's not going to get a better situation than the Patriots. you got Bill Belichick. You've got that defense. You're not going to have to score 35 points to win. You know, why go somewhere else? I think as it's turned out, I think Tampa's been the better spot for him because of the way that offense is set up. Bruce Arians, you know, if, if he's not, uh, he's got to be among one of the top five offensive head coaches in the NFL. You know, I'd put him right up there. Maybe not above, but I'll put him up there with Andy Reid and Sean Payton and those guys. Obviously Mike Evans and Chris Godwin is the best one two punch in, in maybe in a long time as a, a receiver duo in the NFL. Gronk, uh, if, if he's going to come back to be even eighty percent of what he was, will be you know a nasty problem at tight end. So you know if Brady is going to succeed anywhere, you know Tampa is definitely going to be one of those places. And I think when you get to be as as experienced as Tom Brady is, and you you know see what kind of matchup advantages you're going to have across the board of receiver you're going to find a way to be successful. I don't know if it'll be 2007, you know, Randy Moss, five touchdowns a game scoring 45 points just feel like it, Tom Brady. But I think Tampa's going to be, A, a whole lot of fun, and, B, they're going to be a pretty good team. You know, and, and Tom Brady's not going to throw, obviously, the 30 interceptions that James Winston did last year. Even with Brady declining last year, he still protected the football very, very well. So those weapons with a quarterback that isn't going to turn it over, you know, I don't see how they don't win nine, ten games at least.
1: Are you going to be into this golf match on Sunday? You got uh, Brady and Manning and Mickelson and Woods. I have no idea. I, I mean, I've seen. I don't even know how they're doing it. I have no concept of anything except for the names.
0: I mean, it's live sports, so yeah, I'll watch some of it. Right. I'm you know, especially coming off my own round in the morning. <laughs> um, I, I think they're doing. Uh, I think it's best ball for one half, and then alternate shot the other the other nine or whatever. But yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a big Tiger Woods fan too, so I'll watch just from that point of view. Right. But right. You know, even last week, I watched a good chunk of that that Rory Justin Thomas thing. Um, you know, not not too dived into it, but certainly had it on. And you know, it's just it's just nice to have, have something competitive. And you know, it'll be it'll be fun to see Tom Brady and Peyton Manning in this different environment. And you know, it's loose for all for everybody. So um, yeah, it's definitely worth it to me. I mean, it's going to also be. 75 and gorgeous. And um, <laughs> my wife wants me to help get my daughter's bedroom painted. So there'll be stuff to do otherwise. But
1: oh uh, yeah. Yeah. There, there, there's going to be some hockey soon too. You're the only Thad Brown is um, I think the only Winnipeg Jets fan that I'm aware of uh, in the <laughs> greater Western New York area. It looks like at least your Jets are going to be joining 23 other teams in a, uh, in a interesting playoff format here.
0: Well, the, the fascinating thing about that is you've got the NHL who wants to dive right back in the playoffs or the NBA seems hellbent on at least playing some of the regular mm-hmm. season, you know, because I think you want to make it you know, fair about what teams get in and what teams don't, whereas the NHL just wants to get everybody in. And, you know, I'm not going to say one is better than the other. I like the fact that we're going to kind of see both, that they maybe get a take on, hopefully see both, to get a take on which is better. But, um, yeah, we know Winnipeg actually would have been their eighth in total points right now in the West, but by point percentage, they're ninth so getting this this situation playoff wise in is good for me because i get to see my team in the playoffs but um I, you know as a winnipeg jets fan they had their year two years ago and things have been breaking down then they they kind of went all in money wise and had to let guys go for a salary cap reason mm-hmm. stuff like that so it'll be nice to see them in the playoffs. it'll be nice to see anybody in the playoffs, frankly because i two months ago i thought the nhl and the nba were done until till next fall um but yeah whatever i mean if if the NHL thinks this is the best way to do it. You know, I'm, I'm on board with live sports in whatever form they take, and if this is how it works, by make it. Yeah,
1: and it's it's wacky, it's wild, I mean, might as well, and we'll see. And you never know in a situation like this. It, it could be just like the NCAA tournament. It's a one and done there. And, you know, we saw a 16-upset of one. That can happen. And something like this, you never know how in shape guys are. They come back. We could see some major upsets, you know, so it, it could get pretty wacky and wild. Before I let you go, uh, the last dance. Um, you know, you referenced it earlier. for For people like us, you know, we remember Jordan playing in his heyday. I mean, to be honest with that, he was to even remember him through this thing. He was even better than I remember him, which is crazy to think about. Uh, where do you fall on PizzaGate? The Jordan PizzaGate, not the political one, of course. Where do you fall on yeah, PizzaGate?
0: I, I, I find it hard to believe that. You know, I I, I, I buy into the scenario that if they're calling all over for a pizza and they find one place open to deliver miles away, you know, probably outside their normal delivery zone, they probably had to tell them who was there. And and I think that theory is supported by the fact that Jordan said there were five guys outside the door. So they knew who they were making the pizza for. And I I don't think as a place, unless you're a huge Utah Jazz fan, and maybe they were, I I don't think you put your place's reputation on the line to try and, you know, poison Michael Jordan when it's obvious where the pizza came from. So I think it's a convenient conspiracy theory. You know, if Jordan got sick for whatever reason, maybe – Eating an entire pizza at ten thirty a night before a basketball game might have had something to do with that, but i i don't I'm not into it was done on purpose. It was something random that happened, yeah, you know end of the day, Jordan didn't feel well. he had a great game. It's a great memory, a great story for all of us and and fantastic a nice little piece for the Jordan legacy.
1: I also don't think he went out and had a bunch to drink flew off to Vegas and came back late. Like, I I don't think any of that. I mean, Michael Jordan, this man that was so obsessed with winning, we know how much he did love to gamble, but he was not a guy that we knew that just went out and got hammered, you know, nights before games, basically, especially a championship game.
0: You're not that dialed into winning if you don't have the entire process of getting ready to win as a priority in your life. You know, you, you don't, if you want to win as bad as Jordan did, then you're taking care of yourself the night before. You're doing everything, everything you're supposed to do to get ready. Let I me mean, short of eating the whole pizza, yeah. but you're not yet. You're not running all those pizzas.
1: All right, man. Uh, everything else good? How how you holding up? Everybody good at home? How's the? I know you have a high school daughter, and uh, she's got to be missing her friends right now. How's everything going there?
0: Well, she's in seventh grade. So oh, seventh?
1: I'm sorry, middle school. Pump the brakes on yeah. that, man. I'm, I'm sorry about all the high <laughs> school stuff right
0: now. No, anyway, Um, she's been. She we've been You know, as good as everybody else. You know, just kind of hanging in. My daughter is fortunate that she has a friend in the neighborhood, so they've been able to, you know, play outside with masks. And, I, you know, I, I love the kids because they've been, you know, better about keeping masks on than, than us as parents are. You know, we're happy that yes. Dad, they have something to do. Max That's tells
1: something. me that all, all the, time. the time. Dad, put your mask on. I'm like, okay, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, uh, my daughter will say, hey, I'm going to go down and play with my friend. And I'm like, I'm happy that she's got somebody to play with. You know, I want to get her out of the house, get her outside. So go, go ahead. And a couple times, she's come back in five minutes. I'm like, what's going on? She said, oh, I forgot my mask. So, you know, I couldn't – happy that all the kids are being responsible in that way and trying to keep everybody safe and able to get outside. But, you know, I'm sure you feel the same way with Max. It's been fun to have her home. I mean, we, yeah. we play board games. We go out and she um, you know, wants to play volleyball. She's in a club on the team at school. So we hit the ball around almost every day. And it's, you know, as good as you as, – as much as this has been a negative situation, this has been a, a very thick silver
1: lining. The problem I'm having with my son, who's six, Max, he's outgrowing the backyard when he hits baseballs, basically. Little f- wiffle balls. Like, <laughs> we're chasing them over the fence now, top of the roof, the roof of the house, falling in the gutters. And I'm like, dude, okay, you got to hit line drives. You can't be blasting these things anymore, right? But, of course, you know, he just wants to hit home runs and run around the bases. And that's that's what I they do. Play,
0: yeah. <laughs> we, so. we had a wiffle, My backyard is the same way. I had a, a brother who's three years younger than me. We played wiffle ball all the time. The funny thing about our backyard is we had a giant tree in left field, mm-hmm. so we all had to hit home runs the right field.
1: Uh-huh. And I grew
0: up with a base, an inside-out baseball swing. I could always go to right field, had trouble pulling the ball.
1: You were the original Derek Jeter. That's what it was. Exactly. No doubt about it. <laughs> All right. Well, Thad Brown, who sounds like Adam Schefter, thanks, man. Uh, enjoy your long holiday weekend. Hit him straight when you do.
0: Thanks, man. You too. Get out there and play some 18s.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.